The strange but true stories featured on this podcast contain details some people may find festive. Listener merriment will hopefully ensue. I'm Chaya Samuel and things are about to get weird. Hello there and a very Merry Christmas one and all. I hope you're feeling suitably festive this December, whether you celebrate Christmas itself or just enjoy all of the fun winter traditions. And a huge thank you as always for joining me here today. This is our second ever bonus episode of Things Are About To Get Weird because after doing our Halloween special back in October, I knew I definitely wanted to do a Christmas special too. So as I've mentioned in previous episodes, what I'm going to be doing for this episode episode is telling you a few shorter strange but true stories that all have a little bit of a festive twist and then I also have a couple of your weird experience stories to share at the end too. Those aren't Christmas themed but the reason I wanted to include them is because honestly I love reading your stories. They're genuinely like little gifts or little treats to me. So what better time for me to go on and share them with everyone listening to than the Christmas special. So without further ado, let's get into the stories. Now, I'm sure that we've all seen one of those films or TV show episodes where someone dressed in a Santa costume disguise is committing some kind of crime. In my mind, for some reason, I'm picturing a bank robbery. The kind of evil Father Christmas character has definitely been done a good few times. But as it turns out, this all might be rooted more in fact than fiction. I had the idea to look into how many real crimes have actually been committed by people disguised as Santa and there were more than I could ever begin to cover in this episode. So I picked out one of the stranger incidents to tell you about today, plus another one that I simply found quite entertaining. So first up is a story from back in 2015, the 27th of November to be exact. At the Campo de Marte airport, which is in Sao Paulo, Brazil, a man dressed in a Santa suit rented a helicopter as part of the airport's air taxi service. According to the Sao Paulo State Security Secretariat, try saying that quickly three times, it was apparently rented for a Black Friday surprise. And as it turns out, the recipient of the surprise would end up being the pilot. At some point during their flight, this mysterious Father Christmas figure forced the pilot to land the helicopter near a small farm, where a third person was ready and waiting for them. Both this newcomer and Santa proceeded to force the pilot out of the aircraft, tied him up, and stole the helicopter, flying off to an unknown destination. The poor pilot remained tied up on the farmland for hours until he was able to free himself and contact authorities to let them know what had happened. As far as I could find out, to this day, the helicopter has never been found and neither the Santa nor his accomplice have ever been identified. Can you imagine being the pilot and someone saying to you, oh, have you ever had any interesting or famous passengers? And going on to tell this story. I bet people have to Google it before they even believe him. Very, very unfestive behavior from Santa there, but the same can't be said for our second story. 
If anything, this next faux Father Christmas took some elements of Saint Nick's job description a little bit too literally. On the 13th of December 2017, officers from the Citrus Heights Police Department in California were called to a business address after a man had attempted to break into the premises. The call, however, didn't come from a security guard or an employee of the company. It came from the would-be burglar himself, then 32-year-old Jesse Barube. As it turns out, he'd contacted authorities in what I can only imagine to be a state of distress, as he'd managed to get himself stuck in the chimney whilst attempting to gain access to the building. Apparently, he'd been able to wiggle and manoeuvre himself just enough to be able to make the phone call, and although he was arrested for burglary after firefighters used specialist equipment to free him from the chimney, the police seemed to have somewhat of a sense of humour about it all, tweeting, Criminal Santa does not have the same skills as the real deal. Jesse wasn't injured, which is actually kind of a miracle when you think about it. It's amazing that he was able to get enough phone signal from within a chimney to call the police. And I have to be honest, his mugshot was quite amusing, as his nose was completely covered in soot. He was really just missing like a Santa hat. I guess to that business, he would have been like a reverse Santa, as I'm assuming he wasn't trying to break in to leave presents behind. But nonetheless, he definitely picked an interesting time of year to attempt this kind of criminal activity. Never a good idea, my friends. Okay, we're going to pivot into a little bit of bizarre history for a moment, as when I was researching this episode, I stumbled across a couple of articles that delved into the truths behind some of our most recognisable Christmas traditions and songs, and some of the origins of them are wild. We're going to dive into a couple of them, so first up, we have the story behind the jolly and melodic Christmas carol, Good King Wenceslas. Now, I'm going to be honest, before I started researching this song, I'd never really given it a second thought, and beyond the first four lines of lyrics, I realised I did not know the words. But based on those opening lyrics, I always assumed it was about a European king from long ago who went out amongst the people on a snowy day. It's pretty upbeat, and I never really imagined it could have any negative origins. But as it turns out, whilst the song is based on a real person, although a duke rather than a king, the story of his life is anything but light-hearted. Saint Wenceslaus, or Wenceslas I, Duke of Bohemia, was born in the year 907 AD, and his life is believed to have been very short indeed. According to legend, when he was either 22 or 28 years old, it varies between sources, he met a grisly end. So if you're squeamish, feel free to skip ahead a few seconds. Ready? Okay. It's believed that he was murdered on the orders of his very own brother, being repeatedly stabbed with a lance whilst he was praying, and then was dismembered outside a church. I know, it's all very brutal and not very Christmassy, but it's quite amazing to think that a song that's still so popular to this day and has such a cheery vibe to it is based on a story with such a dark ending. Secondly, whilst I think most of us know that the origins of the Christmas tree and the decoration of said tree come largely from Germany, there is a theory that one specific type of tree decoration had somewhat of a supernatural beginning. 
According to an article on Bustle.com, Christmas baubles could be based on a tradition that harks back to at least the 17th century, that of so-called witch balls. That's W-I-T-C-H, as in Sabrina the Teenage, rather than the consumer magazine. There's a great quote in the piece from the National Museum of Ireland which explains... The Oxford Dictionary of English Folklore states that their purpose was to attract and neutralise the evil eye of a passing witch, either by reflecting it back upon her or by puzzling her with the pattern. The idea was that these highly decorative baubles could draw in and then trap evil spirits, protecting the house itself, and it's thought that they were originally placed in windows before becoming more popular as tree ornaments. If you take away the witch element, I actually really like this idea that negative energy could be contained within these orbs and stopped from spreading around your house. Although now all I can think is that imagine if you were an evil spirit and you became trapped in like a novelty bauble. You know the ones that you see that are like a big glittery purple aubergine or like a Brussels sprout with a smiley face. You'd be so angry. <laughs> Okay, before I move on to our listener emails, I have one more festive-themed segment for you. As you'll know by now, if you're a regular listener, if there's one thing I love, it's an over-the-top Guinness World Record. So I decided to look up some of the most weird and wonderful Christmas-related ones I could find, and here are three of the strangest. I also thought this section was very fitting, as I don't know about you, but... The Guinness Book of Records was always one of my favourite gifts to receive at Christmas as a kid. I actually ended up with a pretty good collection of them and my favourite one was always the year 2000 millennium one as the cover was this space age reflective 3D silver looking thing, it was the best. Anyway, first up we have the world record for the largest collection of Santa Claus memorabilia which is held by a Canadian man named Jean-Guy Lecaire. As of 2010, which was the last time this record was updated, he owned a total of 25,104 individual and different Santa Claus-themed items. He started his collection in 1988, and according to the Guinness World Records website, his collection includes 2,360 figurines, 2,846 cards and postcards, 1,312 serviettes, and 241 pins and brooches. Now, although I'm not a successful minimalist by any means, I'm also not a big fan of clutter, and when I saw a photo of Jean Guy with just a fraction of his collection laid out in his living room, I felt a little bit stressed out. But honestly, I do have to say I also admire the dedication. I can only imagine his collection has grown since 2010 too, so perhaps one day he'll call the Guinness team back in to do a recount, but I don't think there'll be many people challenging him on this one, I'm sure the record is pretty safe. Next up, we have a record that just appears plain weird at first glance, but actually has quite a wholesome backstory. The world record for the longest time to balance a Christmas tree on the chin is held by a man named David Rush from Idaho in the US, with a total time of 1 hour, 30 minutes and 5 seconds. 
This was achieved on the 11th of December 2021 and from the photo it looks to have been quite a sizeable Christmas tree that he balanced. As it turns out, David is actually a serial Guinness World Record holder and he's achieved over 200 different titles over the years. The reason he does it all is linked to his promotion of STEM education. He actually wrote a book about all of his record attempts and what he learns about perseverance, hard work and self-development from each one, which I think is very cool. And finally, this is a record I actually remember reading about in a 90s edition of the Guinness Book of Records, and it's for the longest greetings card exchange. Two friends, Warren Nord from the US state of Arizona and Thor Anderson from Ohio, exchanged the same Christmas card backwards and forwards every single year from 1930 to 1987, so that's a total of 57 years. They only stopped sending the card when Thor passed away, and I think this is one of my favourite records of all time. It's so simple, but the dedication is incredible, and I can just imagine that it probably started out as a bit of a joke, and then it became this very real tradition, which is so heartwarming. I love it. Right, it's time to round off the episode with a couple of your stories. So if you're all Christmased out, here's a dose of non-festive strangeness. This first one is from the lovely Sophie, and this story gets a little spooky. It genuinely gave me goosebumps when I read it, so here is the email that Sophie sent me. It reads... Hey Chayaz, I hope this email finds you well. I basically tell you this every week and I will continue to do so every week, but I love your podcast. Every new episode feels like a little treat to listen to. Sophie, thank you so much, that is so sweet. You asked to share our weird but true stories for your Christmas special, and this reminded me I wanted to write you this email about something weird that happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. A few weeks ago, my husband's grandfather moved from a house to an apartment. He's close to 80 years old, and he's been wanting to move to a smaller place to live for a while now. On the day of the move, my parents-in-law and my husband's uncle, aunt, and their children were all there to help. My husband and I also went to the apartment to see if we could help them. Since my husband's grandfather moved into an apartment in the same town as we live in, we took the kids and walked over there. When we arrived, everyone was already there, carrying furniture, installing the TV, basic moving stuff. My husband went to help his father carry some heavy furniture, and I stayed in the hallway with the kids in the stroller. We have twins, so we have a double stroller, which is obviously huge, and I wasn't able to get any further into the apartment than the hallway. I was just ready to leave and take a walk with the kids, and to not stand in the way of everyone who was working hard, when a woman approached me. I greeted her, but had no idea who she was. She was older, closer to 70 than 60, but then again, I'm terrible at guessing people's ages. She didn't greet me back, but smiled at me and looked into the stroller at the kids, who reacted by waving, something new they learned recently, and demonstrate to everyone they see. I asked her how she was and if she needed any help, and once again, she did not respond, but smiled again. She looked at the twins again and then passed us and left. I wished my husband and in-laws good luck moving and explained I was leaving with the kids. When my husband got home later that day, I asked him about the woman I saw. I asked him if he knew who she was. It just felt a bit weird to me that she hadn't spoken to me and that she seemed a bit lost in the apartment. My husband looked at me dead serious and said, 
there was no woman there, just my aunt and my mother. This gave me chills. I thought he was messing with me, so I repeated the question and told him about our interaction, that both kids waved at her, but he answered again that there had been no other woman, that he wouldn't make jokes about that and that he thought I might have seen a ghost. I later asked my in-laws about the woman and they gave me the same response. There had been no other woman as I had described, or at least no one else had seen her. My mother-in-law added, that the last person who lived in the apartment was a woman in her 70s who had died in her sleep in the apartment. I really can't explain it, but I feel like I saw the woman who lived in the apartment before my husband's grandfather did. I hope you can use this story, it still gives me chills when I recount it. Lots of love, Sophie. Sophie, thank you so much. This story definitely gave me chills too. And I really think you're onto something here. It really feels to me that you could well have had this otherworldly experience here, especially as your twins also reacted to her, yet no other adult saw her. Ooh, I have goosebumps. This was an amazing story. And our final story for this Christmas special is from a listener who asked to remain anonymous, which is totally fine. That's always an option for future reference, by the way. And they sent me an email with a story that I actually found quite moving. It reads, Hi, really enjoying the podcast. Thank you for sharing such weird and interesting stories. You are most welcome and thank you for listening. You asked for listeners to share their weird experiences. Well, this is one my mum had. Keep me Anon please if possible, of course. In the 1980s, we used to live on a terraced street in Liverpool and at one end ran a railway track. There was a station called Kirkdale, which was only a few stops away from the docks. One morning, my mum woke up early as it was just getting light, to the sound of marching boots outside. She got up and looked out of the window and saw a group of what looked like soldiers marching in the direction of the train station. They were dressed in old-fashioned army uniform. She said they looked tired and dirty and some of them had dirty boots slung over their shoulder. They were hunched and looked weary like they'd been in battle. She thought maybe it was a weird dream and told my granddad later in the day. He said, that's odd. And then he told her that soldiers in World War I would be walked down to the station and would walk along the railway track to the docks where they would board ships to go to war. My mum found it really spooky and wondered what she had seen. Did she see a vision of a group of soldiers who may well have walked down that road many decades before? Who knows? I was a kid at the time and thankfully she only told me when I was much older and we didn't live in that house. Good luck with the podcast. Oh, I have goosebumps again. This was really quite eerie and so interesting to read. It must have been such a surreal experience to have and then to have that confirmation later in the day that soldiers did used to walk that route around the time of the First World War must have been bizarre. Thank you so much for sending this story in. It was fascinating to read. A huge thank you for joining me for this Christmas special episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. A quick shout out to the articles and websites that helped with my research. We have the Australian ABC News website and a great time.com piece for those first two stories about the criminal Santas, an insider.com article and a bustle.com piece all about the strange festive traditions. And then of course, the Guinness World Records website. A big, big thank you once again for the fantastic listener stories too. 
As always, if you'd like to get in touch, there are lots of ways to do so. If you're into Instagram, the handle is at Things Get Weird Podcast, and on Twitter, it's at About to Get Weird. You can email me at Things Get Weird Podcast at gmail.com, and we also have the Facebook page and the discussion group. So if you search Things Are About to Get Weird on Facebook, you'll find both of those. Whatever your plans this festive season, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas if that applies and I hope you're able to take some chill time between now and the new year too. Thank you for all of your support, and I'll be back with a regular episode as usual on Wednesday. Until next time, take care of yourself and others, and keep it weird, but the good kind of weird. Thank you.